0: Father, we thank you. You are everything to us, Lord. You are everything. Lord, we just want to pause for a moment and just remember how much we love you and how thankful we are for you, Father God. Lord, I couldn't imagine my life without you. So, Lord, we honor you this morning. Have your way, Lord, as You the word comes forth this morning. Let it go deep into our hearts and our spirit. Lord, speak to us in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. Thank you. Thanks so much. Awesome. Well, it's great to be here in the house. Rainy day, people stay home. Isn't that normal for Queensland? But uh, you're here, so congratulations on you coming today. But um, really wanted to share this is a brand new message. But really, um, come out of just talking with a group of pastors just recently, and um, we we're just talking about some of the issues and the things that people go through, and um, really some of the things that people are falling into at this time and this season. And, and we just were talking about things and coming to conclusion. Uh, we're sort of thinking about a lot of it and, Lord, wh- why is this happening? Why are people so loose with their commitment? Why are people falling into sin? Why is it all these the disappointments? And, and I began to think about when we got saved. And you know what? I never expected anything when I got saved. I never expected a reward for anything. I never expected because I served, I'm going to get this. I never expected because I tithed that God would, I knew he would bless me. But there just wasn't that all about me. Now, I'm not saying, and it wasn't just me. I thought about the group of people that we did life with, that we we were all involved in church. We were all committed. You know, what? we all still are. 30 years later, we're all still there, pastors, leaders, business people, all the people that we did life with. But you know what it was is that we just, we loved God. We were thankful that we were saved. That was all that mattered. It wasn't about, oh, I don't think I want to go to, I'm sick of, you know, I hear people saying they're sick of church not coming to church. Do you know what I think you were saying last week, was Pastor Brad mentioned? You're actually saying that you dislike the Lord. This is his house. He loves his house. He loves he loves it. He loves when we come together. He loves, why wouldn't we want to come together? Why? You see, they're fleshly things that we've got to learn to overcome. Oh, I don't want to go to this. I don't want oh, to be, well, if I've got to serve, then it's going to take up my time. No, no, it's an honor to serve. It's an honor to serve God. It's an honor. You know what we did? Now, I'm not just saying we, to base our, on our wedding anniversary just last week, we cleaned up the back of church. And I thought, what a better way to spend my wedding anniversary than doing something for the Lord. See, I didn't think about, oh, well, we could be doing something. Because I know God, gives, but it's something it needed doing, thankfully, before the rain. Because the gyprock gets wet. Don't we know all about that, Cass? We shifted the gyprock last time. It's all wet and it's impossible to move. But I just felt, said so to Greg, we need to get it done. There's going to be rain and then that gyprock's impossible to do. But you know what? To me, it's like, how I feel honoured and blessed that I can do that that I can serve the Lord because I'm so thankful for what he's done for me. I'm so thankful. You know what? If he never gave me another thing, I'm happy. And we have to learn to be because what it is is you build your life upon the rock. Upon the rock. And I'm going to share about that today, about building our life on the rock. Building at the rock is the Lord. Come on, building our life on God. Nothing, you will have nothing without it. Don't fool yourself. Don't let fleshy, because they're all shifting sand. Come on, they're all shift. Everything else, career, money, whatever, is shifting. A, a relationship, whatever it is, is all shifting sand. There, there's nothing that you can put your life on except God. There is nothing else, and you know what? We should be just so happy. God, you chose me, especially in the world that we live in today. I was doing a bit of study on the rock and you know, building a house on a rock is the most costly and hardest. Isn't that interesting? When you want to build a house on a rock, it is the most costly and the hardest. This is what they said. They said, based on soil classification, rock is considered one of the best surfaces to build a house foundation. It's the most costly and it's the hardest, but it's the best foundation. Come on, doesn't that say something about the Lord? It's costly, it's hard work. Come on, it's been hard work to get to where we're at today. Come on, it's been hard work, but every cent, every bit of commitment has been worth it. And then it says this, that doesn't mean it's going to be cheap. (laughs) Even though it's the best surface to build a house foundation, it says that doesn't mean it's going to be cheap. Any excavation such as levelling the site... Excavation for sewerage and drainage trenches is going to be expensive. We're talking about a foundation. Come on, it's going to be expensive to build your foundation. It's going to cost you. Come on, it's going to be hard work. And then it goes on and says this: this is due to it requiring heavy ex can't get the word out today, heavy lifting, heavy machinery, and rock breaking equipment. Come on, rock-breaking equipment. It says, before any builder or building company will give you a fixed quote to build, they probably will need to do a soil and contour test. If you have any issues with your soil, that makes it difficult to build. Isn't this incredible how God tells us to build on the rock and then when we're looking in the natural, he's demonstrating that Come on, your soil has to be good. And says, if you're attempting to build on a slope, Expect to pay even more. Come on, if you're trying to build on slopy ground, you're going to pay more. Retaining is expensive, and we all want to start all this from. Says Matthew seven twenty four says this. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, key. You can sit here every Sunday and hear great messages and get all pumped up, or you have, But if you don't do What God says, your life's never going to change. Come on, you never... And and it really discourages me today to see the spiralling of people in and out and up and down. Oh, they're pumped for God, then they're doing drugs. They're doing this and then they're sinning. It's like, what is... And there's so much of it today. I've been around for 30-something years and there's more of it today than I've ever seen. And what I believe is, is grace has paid a part of it. Grace, 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 the whole grace message. I don't know if the grace message was good for us. My personal opinion, I had the fear of God, and that was good. I'm thankful I had the fear of God. I grew up under fierce people that told you what to do, how to do it, and when not to do it. It didn't hurt me. I'm thankful for those leaders. I'll tell you what, one of the first leaders in our life was our children's church leader she was a tough lady never married no children school teacher and then ran kids church she was tough come on you didn't dare look wrong say wrong do wrong (laughs) fear of her come on She put the fear of God in us, but it was good, come on, it was good. Today I see people so, I don't want you to tell me what to do. Who are you to tell me what to do? You need someone to tell you what to do if you're doing wrong. Come on, if your life's spiraling out of control, you need someone to mentor you, you need someone to help you to keep your life straight. Come on, otherwise it's going to keep spiraling and keep spiraling, it's not going to get better. It's not going to get better out there in the world. Come on. It's not going to get better if you reject God. The only way it's going to get better is if you hear God saying, come on, and you do them. You do the principles of life. You get mentored. You have people who will speak the hard things to you, not people who just love you and say, oh, you're so nice, you're so good. Yeah, we have that as well, but we've got to have that to be strong. And, and I want to tell you that every inch, every mile is worth it. Just like when you build your house on a rock, it's worth it. And it goes on and says this, I will liken them to what? The wise man. It says whoever hears God's sayings and does them, he will liken them to what? Someone who's wise. Come on, someone who's wise, who built their house on the rock who built their house on the rock. And I just told you that building on the rock is expensive, it's hard, and it's costly. But then it says this. And then the rain descended. Interesting, it's raining. <laughs> the floods come, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. Come on. It was founded on the rock. It was founded on on Jesus. See, these people I see, in and out, sin out to sin. Up, down, doing this, doing that. Come on, drugs one day, not the next, falling on there. come on, yeah, sleeping with each other, doing all these things. Come on, lying, cheating, slandering in church, out of church, full on for church, not going to church. All these things. Because things happen and they're not built on the rock. Because it says when you're built on the rock, come on, the rain will beat, everything will come, but you're still. Now I'm telling you, we have been through stuff. Pastor Brad and Sarah have been through stuff. Anyone you know who's anywhere with God, we've all been through stuff. But it's what happens in the Come on, when you've built your life on the rock, come on, when God is your everything, when the floods come and the rain beats, come on, you are firm. You know what? Things aren't right right now, but you know what? I'm with the Lord. He says he's my protector. He says he's my keeper. Come on. Listen to that rain. Verse 26 says this, But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like the foolish man come on god's saying when you hear what to do when you know what to do and you don't do it you're a fool god's pretty straightforward (laughs) he doesn't mess with you either wise or you're a fool Come on, he says, when you hear, when you know the truth, when you know what to do, when you know things are spying, when you know you're up and down, when you know you're not full on. Come on, what have you got to do? You've got to do what the Word of God says. You've got to do what you've heard. No use just coming to the altar and repenting. I'm sorry, God. I thank you. Forgive me. And then next week, you're back to your old ways come on we have to starve sin if you're in sin you've got to starve it you've got to get under accountability when you're going through sinful things in your life you've got to stay away from those things you've got to disconnect from those people you've got to put yourself under accountability come on that's building on the rock that's building on the Lord I'm struggling but God you're my strength you've put people around about me you are my strength I'm going to make it I'm not going to be a fool And says this he'd be like a fool who built his house on the sand and the rain descended and the floods come and the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell or like other translations, it says, it went splat splat come on when we build our life on shifting sand you're going to end up splat. Come on, when stuff happens, when rains come, floods come, hard times come, you're going to end up splat. Come on, you're going to fall. And it says this, and great was its fall. Great was its fall. So you've to understand there's nothing that we can build our life on except God. Come on, except God. But building our life on the Lord it's not about what i can get or what's in it for me well what do i get if i do that why should i have to do this why should i have to be on a roster why should i have to serve why should i have to forgive why should i have to give all about me 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 no no it is saying i love you lord i want to do whatever and lord i'm thankful that i'm just saved and keep me saved come on Keep me from this place of sin. Keep me from, I want to see fruit in my life. See, that's what it's about, seeing fruit in your life. Beginning to see your life blessing other people's life. Seeing what you've gone through. What makes me the most happiest is seeing a life set free, come on, when you can use your own experience, when you can share something out of your own life to set another life free, see that's what it's about, the great commission, go into the world, make disciples, come on, transform other people's life. but if your life's up and down, and oh, I don't feel like going to church, oh, I don't know, come on, complaining all the time, in and out of sin, come on, how's that going to be a witness to anybody? They look at you, and then they think, well, how could God be real? See any evidence in your life? Come on, there should be evidence. It's not that we're perfect, but there becomes evidence in our life. It says, You are foolish if you've heard the truth and do not do anything about it. Come on, foolish if you've been told the truth and you're still doing nothing about it. Not that we're perfect, you'll have ups, you'll you'll have down the times, but you're moving forward. Come on, you're moving forward. And when the winds and life come against you, you're not going to have this great fall. See, that's what happens. Why people have these great ups and downs, these great falls, these great dips, because they're not building their life on the rock. It's clear. It says it. Come on, it's time to be committed to building our life in the Lord. When you know you're going to build a house, it's exciting. It takes time. It's costly. There can be setbacks when you're building a house. But you keep going knowing that the end product is going to be good. Go cool, on, you keep going. You don't just decide, okay, I'm going to build a house. These guys know all about it. They just build a house. There would have been problems. There would have been obstacles things that happen. Especially if you decide you're not just going to build a run-of-the-mill house. Come on, you're not just going to build off the... You're going to build your own design to you, to how it's going to be something. You will come against obstacles. You'll come and they'll start to dig and it won't be real good and you've got to pour money in. But you don't say, well, that's it, I'm giving up. Come on, you keep building the house till you get the end product. You know, the Israelites, they were wavering. In Psalm 78, verse 32, it says this, In spite of this, they still sinned, and they did not believe in the wondrous works. Therefore, their days consumed in futility and all their years in fear. See, when you don't base your life on the Lord, you live in fear. Come on, you're constantly living in fear. When you build your house on God, you've got peace. Come on, you've got peace that when the waves come, the floods come, you have peace because you know my house is going to be okay. Come on, I've built it. If you've built your house on sand, shifting things... Come on, money, fame, charisma, whatever. If you've built your life on those shifting things and the economy changes or circumstances change, you're going to be worried that's what's going to happen to you. But when you've built your house on the Lord, come on, when you've built on the rock, when the floods come, when things are happening, you're not worried because you know I am firm in the Lord. Come on, he blesses me. He looks after me. He keeps me. Verse 34 says this, When he slew them, they sought him, and they returned and sought earnestly for God, and then they remembered that God was their rock. Come on, they remembered after hardships, they come back and remembered, Oh, that's right, God delivered us. He took us through there. He parted the Red Sea. Come on, he did all this stuff for us. See, when hard times come, then they remember, God is my rock. Come on, he's who it is. And then it goes on and says this, and the Most High God, their Redeemer. Nevertheless, come on, they flattered him with their mouth and they lied to him with their tongues. Come on, flattery. Oh, yes, I love you, Lord. That's like coming to church on on Sunday and acting all religious and Christian and then going home and living your life in your sinful ways. Who do we think we're kidding? I was just talking about this with someone this week. God can see everything you're doing. You might be able to come to church and pretend. Better to come to church and say, or oh, whoever's mentor, your leaders, your circles, whatever, I'm struggling, help me. Come on. You use come to church and pretending. oh, I'm all good, yeah, praise the Lord, oh, it's wonderful. <laughs> Who are we trying to kid? We've got one big eye watching us continually. Come on. I'm talking about if you were here a few weeks ago, I spoke about doing what is just and right and how cameras now are making people accountable and DNA's proving who fathers were and all these things happening. And we try and think that we can keep God. He sees everything. Come on, it says this, that they were unfaithful for their heart was not steadfast, which means unwavering with him, nor were they faithful in his covenant. But he of compassion forgave their iniquity and did not destroy them yes many a time he turned his anger away and he did not stir up his wrath come on he always forgave them but the sad thing is they did not enter into their promises come on they did not enter in they died in the wilderness they never entered into their promises you know what you can sin and sin and sin and god will forgive you but what people don't realize there's consequences for your sin people go, oh, there is consequences. See, the grace of God's been preached. Yes, the grace of God, he does forgive us. But what I understood grace in my life was when I really messed up and didn't mean to, come on, when I got angry or I got caught up in something that I shouldn't have been caught up in, that was it. when I saw my heart and realized, God, I have sinned against you and come before him brokenness Lord, forgive me. That's what I understood grace as, that he forgave me. Not that I just keep giving in to the flesh and going back to all my fleshly desires and then coming to church, getting on an altar call, crying, I'm not saying this, I'm not going to come on the altar call if you need to. But there needs to be change. Come on, there has to be a change in your life. Something, the grace of God, every time, the grace of God, yes, the grace of God, but then there's consequences for what you've done consequences of sin I don't want to have to keep dealing with consequences come on, the best thing is just to build on God and do what he's asked you can't keep living one foot in the world and one foot for God come on this is what it says 2nd Timothy verse, uh, chapter 3 verse 1 but know this in the last days perilous times will come for men will be lovers of themselves Lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemous, disobedient to parents. I believe this is disobedience even to spiritual parents. Come on, when God puts people in your life, when we're disobedient to our spiritual parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanders, without self-control, come on, without self-control. You've got to get some self-control. Come on, control that flesh. And then it says, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. That's a key one. We love our sin more than we love God. Come on, loving our sin, loving our not wanting to change our ways, loving the pleasure of that, loving of how it feels, or giving into the flesh. But I want to tell you that's building on sand you'll have pleasure now but there's going to be a great fall come on there'll be a splat there'll be that time where everything comes crumbling round about you it says this haughty lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of god having a form of godliness but denying its power and from such people turn away come on this is interesting because talking about christians you know, you think, oh, yeah, it's all about the world. Yeah, they're all lovers of themselves and do it. Yes, there's a degree of that, but it says here that they love pleasure rather than they love God. Well, these are obviously people that don't, if they knew about God, I wouldn't say this is people who know God. Come on, they like their pleasure more than they love God. Come on, I like how I feel in that. I like doing this. A form of godliness. Come on. A form of godliness. The worst thing you can do is have a form of godliness because you're denying the power of Jesus Christ. Come on. You're denying that power that Jesus went to the cross. He chose you. He died for you. Come on. You're accepting God. You have a form of God. Yeah, yeah, I love God. He's in my life. But you're denying the power. You're denying that power of the cross that will set you free. Come on. You're denying that power to overcome. The power of God building on the rock will help you to overcome. It will help you get to where you need to get to. Come on, just do it. It's so simple. You know, God invented that just do it, Nike. That's why it's so successful. It's, It's in the Bible early where he says just do it. I'm like, they have copied God and made heaps of money from it. Come on. He said just do it. Many times, just do it. That's his. I think God will have something. Maybe Nike can get saved and start tithing, giving money back to God. They owe him big time. That's his saying, just do it. You know what? You will get discouraged on your journey. Gideon, he was discouraged. He felt forsaken. In Judges 6, verse 12, it says this, And the angel of the Lord appeared to him, and he said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Wow think about that angel just pops down appears to you right now and says to you the lord is with you you're a mighty man of valor which he you are <laughs> this was gideon's reply gideon said to him oh my lord if the lord is with us then why has all this happened come on do you ever feel like that oh God's with you yeah he's going to bless you he's with me he's with me all the time but Gideon asked the question well if God's really with us then why is all this happening it doesn't just mean because we've got God in our life that stuff won't happen but what it means is we have God and the, the stuff's happening the winds are beating on us the floods are happening stuff's happening all around but we have a rock solid foundation I'm going to be okay I'm not going to die come on have questioned god many a times it's okay to question him it's okay to even be mad at god but you don't stay mad at god you get before him come on i love what david did when he gets back from Ziglag. come on here's david a man of god a man of honor he's out there he's doing the lord's work come on he's destroying he's fighting he's doing everything that god's asked him to do he's been out there he's done an incredible battle and he comes back and everything's gone Wife, children, money, everything's gone. What does David do? The first thing he does is he strengthens himself. See, he dealt with his emotions some of us we're living too much on our emotions come on we make decisions out of our emotions never make a decision when you're emotional come on never make decisions for your life when you're emotional when you feel like you've lost everything when you feel like everything's gone worst time to make a decision David deals with his emotions Come on, it says he cried out until he could cry no more. So that's his emotions. Come on, he gets on the ground and he cries till he can cry no more. Then he realises his mates are crying too, but now they're past crying. They're angry (laughs) at David, like it's David's fault that everything happened. Come on. And then David strengthens himself in God. Come on, dealt with his emotions. He didn't strengthen himself and then deal with his emotions. You've got to deal with your emotions But Stuff's going to happen. It says floods, winds, things are going to come against us. But we have to deal with our emotions, not run away from church, not run away from accountability, not run away. Then we have to strengthen ourselves in the Lord and get a strategy. This is Gideon. Okay, God. So an angel just appeared yeah so what god if you're really with me then why is all this happening to me and where are all the miracles which our father told us about see he's heard the prophecies he's heard the promises come on the promises of god that it will get better that your life will get good there's a generational blessing come on he's heard the promises but right now gideon's fed up with the promises Come on, that's what they said. The promised land, the promised land, the promised land, the promised land. You can get heaps of promises, prophetic words. God speaks to you. You hear encouraging words in church, and you've heard the promised land, the promised land, the promised land. And now he's asking the question, God, are you really with me? And where are the miracles? Where are everything our fathers told us about? Where is the stuff that my mentors told me about? Where is the stuff that's preached Sunday from church? Where is the stuff from my prophetic words? He's asking these questions. Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us in the hand of the Midianites. He's in a pretty low place. We can often feel like this, come on. We can feel like, what's happening? Where's the miracles? God, you promised this. Where is it all? And that's a natural progression that we go through. But you know what, as you grow in the Lord and you build on the rock, what happens is there comes a day where you're like, "Mm, it's not looking good right now, but I know it's going to happen. It's not about if it's going to happen, it's when. Come on, and you can have a peace. Come on, you're going to have such a peace that it's all going to work out. Why? Because you've built your life on the rock. God has come through. Come on, he is a faithful God. I love that I've been listening to that song from Elevation. I know he'll do it again. Come on, your faithfulness. Come on, he's faithfulness. He is a faithful God. He will do it. Come on, he will come through. But you see, what you have to do is get, it's not just about you. It's about other things. He's got other things lined up with your testimony, with your family. With people, come on, there's a timing. Sometimes it is about you. You're not doing the right thing. Come on, God has a thing. If you do this, then I will do this. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go this in this might of yours. See, God can see a spark in Gideon. He just says to him, Okay, Gideon, you're stirred up. I want you to go in that stirred upness. Come on. He can see that Gideon is passionate about what God has promised. He hasn't given up on God. Come on. He's just asked God, where is this? Why is this happening? Come on. He's still passionate. Where are the miracles? And God says, go in this mind. In other words, Gideon, go in this passion. God can see a spark in him. Even though it's hopeless, even though he's been through something, God can see a spark in Gideon. And he said, you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. This is what he says. Have I not sent you? Come on, hasn't God sent you? Isn't God with you? So he said to him, oh my Lord, how can I save Israel? I'm the weakest of my clan in Manasseh. I'm the least in my father's house. You know, God doesn't care if you're the weakest or you're the least. All he's looking for is that little spark, come on. All he's looking for is that mustard seed of faith. That God, I believe you're going to do what you said. I believe that you're going to bring forth the promises that you said you would do. God, I believe your word, that if I follow your covenants, if I do what is right in life, come on, if I deny my flesh, if I do what you've asked me to do, I know that you will come through. I know that I'll get stronger, come on. And the Lord said to him, Surely I'll be with you, and you shall defeat as one man. See, it's interesting here, God doesn't answer any of his negativity. Come on, he doesn't reply. Yes, I understand, Gideon. Yep, it's a difficult time. Yes, you poor boy. I've seen how hard it is. I've seen how difficult. Come on, God doesn't answer the negativity. When you go through the Word of God and you see people complaining before God and telling Him everything, He never ever answers their negativity. Come on, He speaks to promise, He speaks to purpose. Come on, and that's what good leaders do. Sometimes the leaders in this church might frustrate you because they're not coming to your little pity party with you. Come on, they're not sitting in your negativity junk with you. Come on saying yeah 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 i hear what you're saying but it's going to be okay it's going to be okay. why can they say that because they've been where you've been and they know how you feel and they know that it doesn't do any good to just keep being negative with you to keep giving you saying yes it's a tough they know that's not good what they know is good is encouraging you saying come on build on the rock hang on to god come on stand firm you're in a flood but you're not going to die come on make it you will make it come on that's what it's about God does not answer that. He says, I have sent you and I'm with you. That's foundation. Come on. He sends us and he's with us. He says he never leaves you. Never. Even when you're in your rotten sin, he's there. You just choose not to recognize that he's there. But he's there, come on, he's with you all the time. He says, I'm with you, I never leave you. Then he said to him, if I've now found favour in your sight, then show me a sign that it is you who has talked with me. Do not depart from here, I pray, until you come, till I come to you and bring my offering and set it before you. And the Lord said to him, I'll wait for you, mate. God will wait for your offering. Come on, he says, I'll wait until you come. Interesting. And I'll show you a little pattern here that when he hears a promise from God, when he hears something the Lord's going to say, he goes and gets an offering. Come on, he gets an offering. He goes and prepares and he says to God, I don't want you to leave here until I've got my offering. See, God knows we're serious when we want to give an offering. Come on. When we He knows that where your money is, there's your heart. Come on. Where your heart is, there's your treasure. Come on. He knows this. The Gideon says, God, I've got to prepare an offering. And he's saying to God, don't go. And the Lord says, Oh wait. Tells you what God thinks about an offering. Come on. He's a busy man, but he's going to wait for his offering. <laughs> And then he says this. So, get went and prepared a young goat and unleavened bread from an for of flour. Then he, sorry, then he put in the, the meat in a basket and he put the broth in the pot. He brought them out to him under the tree and presented them. The angel of the Lord said to him, "Take the meat and the unleavened bread and lay them on this rock. Come on, on the rock." He wanted him to bring the offering on the rock. He didn't just want it under a tree. Come on, he wanted on the rock of promise. He wanted Gideon to bring that offering and place it on the foundation. Come on, on the rock. And then it goes on, says, he, and he poured out the broth and he did so. Then the angel of the Lord put out the end of the staff that was in his hand and he touched the meat and the unleavened bread and fire rose out of the rock and consumed the meat and the unleavened bread and the angel of the Lord departed out of his side. Come on, laying everything on the rock. When we lay everything on God, when we're serious and we come before him and we offer our life, we offer what we got, we lay everything on the rock. Come on, he comes, he consumes it as it's acceptable and we know what happened with Gideon. Come on, he became the Mighty man of valor. Moses in Exodus 17, verse 6 Behold, I stand before you there on the rock in Horeb, and I shall strike the rock, and the water will come out of it that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. See, when we're building anything on God, come on, he says, stand there on the rock, right there. Come on, stand on the rock and I'll provide living water. When you're going through stuff, come on, when you're having a hard time, God says to Moses, stand right there on the rock. Don't stand next to it, don't stand below it. Stand on the rock, the rock representing Jesus Christ. Come on, the rock representing foundation and promise. When we stand on the rock of God, He will cause living water to flow through us. And then he says in Exodus 33, verse 18, and he said, please show me your glory. Then he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you. Well, and this is Moses asking the Lord, show me your glory. And we know that to see God's face meant death. But he says this, he says, my goodness will pass before you. Well, when we build on the rock, when we build on God, he will cause his goodness to pass before us, his goodness to go ahead of us. And he says, and I'll proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I'll be gracious to whom you are gracious. What favor Moses found. Come on. What favour? He found that God's going to go before him, that he's going to show favour to whoever Moses shows favour. He'll be gracious to whoever Moses is gracious with. And I'll have compassion on whoever you have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face, so no man has seen me and lived. And the Lord said to him, here is a place by me, and you shall stand on the rock. mean, here it is again, standing on the rock, building on the rock, For him to see God, he had to stand on the rock. You want to see God's glory. You want to see God's presence. You want to see his will. You've got to build on that rock. He says, stand on the rock so it shall be while my glory passes by that I'll put you in the cleft of the rock and I'll cover you with my hand while I pass you by. Then I'll take it away, my hand, and you shall see my back, but my face you shall not be seen. See, when we're standing on the rock, there's protection, there's covering. Come on, there's goodness, there's favor, there's compassion, there's grace. The Lord goes before us and we'll see his glory. That should be enough to want us to build on the rock. Come on, these are all the things that God promises. Moses' declaration in Deuteronomy 32.3, For I proclaim the name of the Lord, ascribe greatness to our God. He is the rock. Come on. Moses knows all about it now. God, you are the rock. Come on, he's not just saying you're my rock; he is the rock. Come on, he's got a revelation. He's journeyed. He's been through stuff. He's had hard times. He's had disappointments. Come on, he's had to deal with whingers, complainers. He's had a tough time, but now he's able to say, "Great is my God, and He is the rock." Come on, there's nothing else. He is the rock. He, his work is perfect for all his. his His ways are justice, and the God of truth is without injustice. Righteous and upright is he. Here's another example. Samson, he was a miracle baby. His parents were barren. In Judges 13, verse 2, it says this. Now there was a certain man from Zorah whose name was Manoah, and his wife was barren and had no children. And the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, Indeed now you are barren and have borne no children, but you shall conceive and bear a son. Verse 17, Then Manoah said to the angel of the Lord, What is your name, that when your words come to pass, we may honour you? So Manoah took a young goat with grain and offering, and he offered it up on the rock. Here we are again, another prophetic promise. Come on, they don't have the child yet. God's just spoken to them, but they've bought an offering because they believe the word of God come on they believe God's promises they believe what he said and they're not going to let this moment go past until they've given an offering come on we've got to offer something to the Lord we have got to offer our life back to him I thank you Lord that you've saved me I'm offering my life and it says that he took it and he placed it upon the rock we're going to get our life and fall on that rock before it falls on us come on Lord, I offer everything to you. Come on, offering everything up to him. And it happened as the flame went up forward towards heaven from the altar that the angel of the Lord ascended in the flame of the altar. When Manoah and his wife saw that they fell on their faces to the ground and Manoah said to his wife, we're going to die. <laughs> You're on great mind because they've seen this greatness of God. Oh, we're going to die. Because we have seen God. Come on. We're going to die because we've seen God. But his wife said to him, good old wisdom of the wife, If the Lord had desired to kill us, he would not have accepted a burnt offering and grain offering from our hands. Nor would he have shown us all these things. Nor would he have told us such things at this time. So the woman bore a son and called his name Samson. And the child grew and the Lord blessed him. Incredible. Come on. Then we've got Hannah. When Hannah's giving up a child, we know Hannah, she was barren. She was at the at the temple. She's crying out to the Lord, giving everything to the Lord, pouring her heart before him. And then the Lord blessed her. He gave her word. He told her, you're going to have a child. But he says, you have to be willing to give the child back. Now, when she made this promise, there was no promise of more children. So Hannah gets to have this baby, this beloved child. Come on, she's wanted so dearly. She's been barren for so long. And now comes a day where she's got to give him back. Come on, she's got to fulfill the promise because God, that is what the Lord has said to her. And here we are in 1 Samuel 2.2. 2. This is her reply on the day she's got to hand her little baby over. No one is holier like the Lord. For is none beside you, nor is there any rock like our God. She's in a place of difficulty, handing her baby over. Could you imagine doing that? She's wanted to be a mum all the time. She makes a promise with God, okay, yep, I will, I'll give him back to you. But now she's got to come good on the promise. She's not there saying, God, I don't want to give him back. Why did you do this? Come on. What she's doing, she knows the Lord. See, Hannah knows the Lord. She's someone that knows him intimately. She said, there's no other rock like our God. Hannah, praised God for being a rock, for being firm, strong, and unchanging. This was difficult, but she knew who her God was. Come on. In our fast-paced world, friends, come and go. Circumstances change. It's difficult to find solid foundation. Come on. Jobs change. You can be up here one day making all this money, and it's gone. Come on. You can have everything and it's gone but one thing that never changes is our god see hannah knew that that god never changes he is my rock another example is Risbah in second samuel 21 you understand this there was a drought in the land and what had happened is David goes and he inquires of God, why is there a drought in the land? And the Lord says it's because of Saul. He did he went back on a covenant, bloodthirsty thing. He killed all these people and he made a covenant that he never should have. So then the Lord says to him, You've got to offer up this and do this. So he does it. But what happens is in this, there's a mum, and it's two of her sons. Come on, her name's Rizba, and two of her boys had to be hung on a tree. Come on for the cost of the sin unfair not acceptable come on that these boys haven't done anything but because of the consequences of what Saul did and how things work, there this was desire her children had to become a blood sacrifice she couldn't do anything about that but here she is in death she's like her boys are not going to be out there in the field and the birds pecking their eyes so this is what she does it says now Rizvah the daughter of Ahai, took the sackcloth and spread it out for herself on the rock. Come on, it's a difficult time. Both of the boys are hanging from a tree. They've died because of someone else's sin. Come on, they've died because of what happened. And so what she does, her sackcloth represents her mourning. She takes her mourning. She takes her disappointment. Come on, she takes her heartache and she places it on the rock. That's when we've got heartache, when disappointment comes, when bad times come. You've got to take that mourning and you've got to place it on the rock of God. Come on, you've got to be firm. And so it says this, it goes on and says, from the beginning of the harvest until the late rains poured on from heaven, she did not allow the birds of the air to rest on them by day, nor the beasts of the field by night. You see, the barley harvest was from late April until early May resva guarded those boys bodies they're dead, she's mourning she's built on the rock and she's there, you know what, they're dead but the birds are not going to pick my son's eyes out, come on, the beasts in the field are not going to come and savage my sons, so she stayed there day and night come on, could you imagine all that time, she was there with her mourning cloth on the rock and she's beaten off anything you try come against me, come on you're not going to touch this, she knew she had a promise from God, she you. I don't understand what's happened right now, but I'm going to get justice for my boys. Come on, I'm going to be there. And what happens is it goes on and says that she was immovable. She stayed on the rock. And you know what happened? David heard David heard about this woman. Come on. He heard that she's been there for months, that she's protecting her sons. So what he did was he ordered that his so her sons be taken down and given a proper burial with Saul and Jonathan. Come on, her sons were given a rightful burial. That's what she was finding. You know what? They might have died unjustly. It mightn't have been fair, but I'm going to fight. I don't want to see my boys hanging on a tree. I don't want to see the beasts of the field, the birds of the air. I don't want to see their gal. Come on, she fought. It was difficult. She stayed on that wall, and she used her mourning cloth as a weapon. Come on, it became a weapon to protect her son. And then it got so heard of. David heard of it and her sons were given a proper burial. Come on, the rock. David talked often about the rock. In Second Samuel 22, he said this, And he said, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. David was someone who knew God. If you want to understand God, then understand David. Read about David. Read about the Psalms. Come on. He is someone who knew. He says, the Lord is my rock. He went through difficult stuff. He went through hard times. He went through low times. Come on. He went through disappointments. He went through being rejected. He went through being not even considered by his family to come in before the prophet he went through sin he went through setbacks come on he fell greatly see this is an understanding about what happened David wasn't where he was supposed to be he should have been out on the field fighting but instead he stayed home and his eyes wandered and he saw And see there was consequences for that sin the boy died come on there was lots of consequences but David as soon as he realizes when a mentor comes to him and says David what you've done the prophet comes is wrong what does he do he falls and he weeps see it wasn't this wasn't a sin a while just to say he got caught up in something he wasn't where he was supposed to be the best place for you to be if God's called you to be is on the front line fighting so your eyes don't wander so you're not in the wrong place and so what happens he's able to say here's my rock He is my strength in whom I will trust, my shield, my horn of salvation, my stronghold, my refuge, my saviour. And then verse 31, it says, As for God, his ways are perfect. Come on, just sell that in your heart today. God's ways are perfect. Come on, they're perfect. Don't try and do this and do that because it all leads to nothing. His ways are perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. Everyone's over saying, God's word is proven. He's a shield to whom? Who all who trust in him. For who God is except the Lord, and who is a rock except our God. Who is a rock except our God? Who is a rock except our God? Come on, our God is the only rock. He is the only one that we can build our life on. Psalm 18 verse 1 says this, A psalm of David, the servant of the Lord, who spoke to the Lord the words of the song on the day that the Lord delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. And he said, I will love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock. Come on, here he is again. The Lord is my rock. Come on, the Lord is my rock. He's just defeated all the enemies. He's been in an incredible battle. He's seen men that he loves die. Come on, he's been fighting day and night. He comes out, God, you're my rock. You're my fortress. You're my deliverer. You're my strength in whom I will trust psalm 18 verse 31 for who is god except the lord and who is the rock except our god come on he is the only rock psalm 28 verse 1 to you i will cry O lord my rock do not be silent to me david repeats over and over again in the psalms lord you are my rock why because he knew god was everything great no was it always wonderful in david's life no quite the contrary knew. God, you are my rock and that's what I'm going to build on. Come on, money, career, people, titles, it's all shifting sand. Come on, some of the things that you're chasing now instead of chasing God is shifting sand. Come on, and the storms will come. Floods will come. No matter what you do, whether you follow God or not, storms will come. But the difference will be what you've built your life on. When you build it on the rock, when you build it on the Lord, come on, when the rains come and the floods come, you will stay stern. Let's stand this morning. Come on, church. It's time to get passionate. It's time to stop chasing all this shifting sand. The things that we chase, in life and put God second. You know what? You can have everything and still have God. But you can go after everything and end up with nothing and no God. Come on, if money, if fame, if being the best personality, being the best, the top was everything, like I've said many times, why isn't everybody? In Hollywood, deliriously happy. Come on, why isn't, look at Tiger Woods. Chased his dream. But see, what they all say over and over again, well, you're chasing the dream, you're working for the dream, you're going after all this, this is going to be good, I'm going to be the best at this, I. it's all about I. I'm going to make millions, I'm going to be a success, I'm going to do this. But what they all realize, the Beatles were even quoted as saying this, When they got to the top, they realized there was nothing. There was nothing. So then what do they do? They start going after more drugs, more things to sleep, going after different... Come on, the Beatles has known when they got to the top and made it, they realized there was nothing there. Then we see they all go off and... Eastern religion and all sorts of things. Come on. They're searching. They thought that everything would be in their success and their fame. But you know what? When you build on the rock, you can have your success and your fame. But when you get there, it's not about the stuff, it's about making him famous. Come on. It's about giving him a testimony. Come on. Because when you make it, then you're powerful. Your voice is powerful. People listen to you because there's something that they want to know. How did you make it? How did you get there? What did you do? How awesome it is to make it and have God. Come on, stand there and say, I am, because you've got a, a shift. You know what? If everything went tomorrow, if you no longer had your career, you no longer had money, nothing would change. Come on, when God is your foundation, it doesn't matter what life, yes like oh do we really have to deal with this today there's some days it's like really god come on just like (sighs) but there comes a place where you're no longer worried what you'll eat what you'll wear what people say about you what's going to happen because your life is on the rock and you know you're solid come on you know you are rock solid And so if your life then is on him, then like David, he is everything. Come on. He is our fortress. I will declare his praises. I will speak of his great love. I will speak of his faithfulness. Not complaining that I don't have or what I haven't got or what he hasn't done. No, great is thy faithfulness. Lamentations 3.22, great is your faithfulness. Come on. God is trustworthy. He is rock solid. He's never changed. Come on. From the beginning to he's never changed. He's never changed. And everybody who's built their life on that rock, come on, they've had some bruises, they've had some cuts, they've had some things beat up against them, but they're rock solid. Everyone who's built on shifting sand, come on, everyone who builds on anything else, they'll always end up splat. Their life ends up a mess. And sometimes when you're young, you're not thinking about your children and your children's children. But I want to tell you as a parent, most probably the most devastating thing is for you to know the truth and see your children walking in sin. Because you didn't do what was right in the early years. Come on, because you didn't train them in the things of God. You didn't build your life in the beginning on that rock. You see, suddenly then you're thinking about it's not just about you. There's nothing worse as a parent to see your child in pain. Why do we want to teach our children? Come on, God is everything. Yes, you're in pain now, but God's going to come through. Come on, he will come through for you. He will come through. So the challenge today is we've got to build on God. Come on. Rock solid foundation. Lord, I'm going to be in your house because I love your house. Lord, I'm not serving just for what I can get. I'm serving because I love you. I'm thankful. I'm building on the rock. I know that serving, Jesus served. It says he didn't come to be served, he served. Come on, Jesus served. So why do we think just, I don't need, no, we all, serving's good for you. It humbles us. But you can even have serving as, oh, why do I, no one else is doing this. Or you can have it in, Lord, I love to do this. I'm doing this for you because I love you. Come on, because my life is built on you. Let's just all close our eyes. You know what? You might be here today and you're listening and you're like, I don't know, God. I don't know him in the way that you're talking about. But you know your life has been shifting sands. You know that there's been fear. You know there's uncertainty. You're unsure about your future. You're unsure about what's next. You've got fear. You know, Jesus gave his life for you. And he is a rock that we can build on so just before I go any further if you're here and you don't know the Lord today but you'd like to yep I want to build my life on what you're talking about I want to build on God I want to know that I'm going to be okay I want to know that I can have what you've said I can have but I've got a protector I've got a fortress I've got somewhere there with me someone protecting me someone looking out for me if that's you today I'd just like you to raise your hand as I look across say I want to know God thank you I see that hand thank you come on you want to know build your life on the rock on Jesus if you've never accepted him in your life, then this is the time. Your life will change forever for good that you'll know no matter what's going on in the world, come on, uncertainty, the world we live in, fear, you know I've got the Lord. But you know, God never forces us. He gives us that free will to decide yep, I'm going to accept you. So as I look one more time, anyone else? You don't know the Lord, and today you'd like to ask Him into your life. Just lift your hand. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Now let's. I'm gonna that person who I'll get you to come at the end, and I'll pray with you. But for the rest of us, let's just look to the Lord, knowing that He knows all. Let's make a decision today. Come on, we're all at different places. Some of us, we're like Gideon. Where are the promises? Where are the miracles? You know what? Well, you just got to sell in your heart today that God is trustworthy. He's a proven God. Come on, He is proven. He's a proven God. He's been proven generation after generation after generation. You might be in that place that David was. You're broken. You come back. You're tired. You're worn out. And you come back and there's another blow. Everything's gone. But David knew. I'm at a place of crisis, but all I have is God. He is my rock. Come on. He is my fortress. He is my deliverer. So just in your own words, before God this morning, if you need to ask God for forgiveness, then now's a good time to do it. For my self-centeredness, for being angry with God. Come on, for being wishy-washy. And being one day in the world and one day here and one day there. But make a firm commitment. Lord, I'm going to build on you. I'm going to build on you, Father God. He forgives us. But Lord, I'm going to build because you're the only rock solid thing. Come on, there's nothing, nothing. When you look at any other religion, any other thing, it'll be brought back to a man. And it's never been. When you look to God, he was from the beginning and he is the end. Come on, he was the beginning and he is the end. There's nothing in life that has lasted and is proven like God. People have tried to disprove the Bible and they end up saved. Why? Because you can't disprove the Bible. So come on, let's make a decision today. Lord, I'm going to build on you. I'm going to build on the rock. Thank you, Father.